What is going on, Craft Beer Hustler family, and welcome to episode two of the Craft Beer Hustlers podcast. This episode, we have a really great interview for you guys, and Johnny and I are super excited because not only is this our first guest, but we had a lot of fun recording this. I'll let Johnny do the introduction here, but uh, this is a spot that Johnny loves, and I am super excited to get to once all of this pandemic kind of finally subsides and we can get back to somewhat of normalcy. But guys, thank you for tuning into episode two. If you have yet to do it, please follow us please subscribe to us on apple Podcasts and spotify or wherever you get your podcast because that helps us out so so much and we can continue to do these awesome interviews with awesome guests so with that on to the show hello everybody welcome to episode two of the craft beer hustlers uh today's guest i'm really excited about uh we have the general manager and operating partner of the Jeffrey Craft Beer and Bites in New York City, Colm Kerwin. Colm, thanks for uh, taking the time today. I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we really uh, you know, get into anything here, what are you drinking today? I, I'm sure you've been having a, a tough couple of days, so I'm sure you're looking for something good. I've, I've, I've been looking forward to this beer pretty much all week, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, today I'm drinking um, other half O O H. We can see it there, but it's um, yeah six percent IPA. It's a nice way to uh, kickstart my uh, Saturday evening. Um, <laughs> is that a new one yeah. that they just released? It um, is, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had a buddy that went up to Rochester last week. Um, shout out to uh, Cam's uh, Cam's beer experience. I messed his, I butchered his Instagram, but he was, he's up in Rochester. So he was going to bring some back to mass for a couple of us, but yeah, I think I saw that one. That's a, I haven't had a lot of other half, but I know it's very good stuff. Yeah. I do, uh, I do enjoy uh, IPAs in the six to 8% range, you know, and his, uh, I always try and start off my night with one of them. Hell yeah, absolutely. Start it, end it, fill it, <laughs> whatever you got to do. <laughs> uh dan what do you got going on over there uh i've got the castle island fruit zoot lovely can um so uh colm i don't know if uh you were able to listen to our first episode but johnny and i both work uh for castle island brewing out in norwood massachusetts so this is one of the summer beers that we would sling at the beer garden and absolutely one of my favorites uh Berliner Weiss uh, racked with tangerines, and I think they put a ton of tangerines in this because every time I crack one open, it like explodes. So there's there's a ton of juice in it. Um, it's kind of like a sour, like orange soda, but it's it's really good. Four percent, so it's nice and light, and it's just perfect for a warm day like today. So I love that stuff. Yeah. You guys are getting similar weather to us here in New York. It's a beautiful day for. Uh... Nice fruity, refreshing beer. Exactly, exactly the case. We we had a little bit of rain yesterday, but that didn't stop us from being outside for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Same. So, what do you got, Johnny? Uh, well, you stole my thunder. Uh, I also <laughs> have a Castle Island beer here today. Uh, I have the gold medal winning lager here. Uh, this is uh, one of my favorite light beers. I could drink this uh, all day and all night. I'm fairly certain I have done that on multiple occasions. Um, but I mean, this is just a well-balanced lager. You know, a lot of breweries don't do uh, a ton of lagers anymore. So, uh, to be able to get a, a quality lager like that and just kind of be able to, uh, again, like you said, enjoy it on a nice day, and it's not gonna, not gonna really set me back in terms of, uh, you know, ABV, which is nice. I think it's just over five percent. So, um, really excited about that. Um, 
but yeah cheers guys thanks again cheers. colin for coming on i appreciate you taking some time here today absolutely um so all right colm uh you know we obviously know uh times are are tough at the moment um we always know what you're drinking today here but tell me a little bit about um you know what you're drinking overall kind of do you have a, a style or flavor of the month that you're into or you know kind of where is your palate at right now yeah i mean i you know depending on my mood obviously yeah like most people but um particularly with the, the beginning of spring and the nicer weather i do gravitate more towards kind of uh fruited sours you know berliners um even have a rattler from time to time if, uh, if you just want to enjoy something nice and uh you know refreshing and and, and uh yeah not have to think too much about it you know yeah um i i, I i'm a big fan of uh, hudson valley brewery um mm -hmm. here in new york you know they make some uh, some wonderful uh sour ipas um green males as well that are uh, their, their local operation too making uh you know we just had a their pop series i think is a fruit of berliner vices so um yeah i found myself uh leaning that way for now um and then uh yeah between that and the ipas <laughs> yeah the hudson valley sour ipas are are phenomenal i actually have a couple in my fridge right now that i just i tend to hold on to because i don't want to I don't want to drink them and get rid of them, and then when I don't have them, I don't have them. But Hudson Valley is delicious. Yeah, and, and and you know, considering how close they are, it's 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 incredibly difficult to get in New York City. Um, yeah, you know, everywhere seems to get every establishment, ourselves included, we get a very limited amount. So if if we're lucky enough to uh, to get some at work, I, I try and grab grab one or two uh, yeah. <laughs> before they go out the door. You know, absolutely. Yeah, there's a reason they're so popular for sure. Oh yeah, and. Um, that's just definitely a brewery I want to go check out because pretty much from Boston, we can go through and hit um, like Treehouse. And then on our way out, we can go to Hudson Valley and Equilibrium because they're such close proximity to each other as well. So that's that's a trip that I, I want to get planned. I wanted to do it this summer, but obviously with the situation, it's it's difficult. It's, it's a nice part of the state, too, you know. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it's pretty scenic up there. Yeah. Well worth it. Uh, you ever make it uh you ever make it out of New York and like he just said kind of over the border into Treehouse or, or out this way at all? I do occasionally. Um I have family uh, up in New England, up in New Hampshire. So uh, oh, okay. you know, if I if I if I get up that way I try to uh check out some local breweries and stuff. Um my my, my in laws are based in Michigan. Um okay. so we drive there every year and, and, and the same thing. My my wife and I we try and get away for a few days and, and, and hit up some breweries up there. Um, not nearly as many as I would like, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's kind of how it always is. There's yeah. never enough at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, a couple of small kids as well. So, um, you know, it's. Uh, makes it difficult. But, yeah. It's tough to peel away and, 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 and put them through the, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, the ordeal of going to a brewery for a couple of hours just so I can check out beers and whatnot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's another topic I was talking to Dan about a while back that I want to touch on. We don't necessarily have to do it now, but uh, that's always one of the hot button issues in the in the brewing community is uh, kids and kids and tap rooms. Yeah. I feel like there's only two extremes there. You got people who just lose their minds when there are children, and then there are people who lose their minds when they can't bring their kids. I think those are the only two options for that subject. I think it's oh, hilarious. Yeah, I try, I try to stay out of the debate altogether, but yeah. <laughs> 
That's the only smart answer. Um, <laughs> well, listen, Colm, um, for our, our listeners who don't know, like I said, we're, we're mostly uh, Boston-based at this point. But uh, tell us you know, a little bit about the Jeffrey. Tell us about what you do, how you got there, uh, You know, anything you have to say. You know, Just uh, kind of give us the rundown. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, so I'm born and raised in Ireland, uh, Dublin. I moved here about uh, 15 years ago. So, um, you know, my first foray into craft beer was, you know, uh, for a small brewing company called the Porterhouse Brewing Company in Dublin. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, at the time, they were one of the only, if not the only, uh, microbrewery. Um, and, um, you know, I got to, I got to dip my toe in the water there and then kind of moved over here and, and um, actually linked back up with them again. They, they, they opened up a, an establishment downtown called the Francis Tavern, which... Um, I I, uh, I was living in Maryland at the time and and, and moved up here to um, accept a job as a beverage director down there. Um, so yeah, the, the 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 interest and the uh, the love of craft beer was always there. It was it was really nice to uh, um, you know get back into it in in New York City. Jeez, um, uh, I forget what year it was, but um, in uh, about eight years ago after um, Hurricane Sandy. Um, you know the, uh, the the bar was more or less decimated uh, and closed for for quite a while. Um, me and, and a bunch of others got laid off at that time, and, and uh, I was kind of thinking I'd always wanted to um, get involved in, in in my own place. Um, I didn't quite have the uh, the funding to do it alone, um, so I um, yeah I, I I linked up through a through a friend actually a, <laughs> another brewery owner in Massachusetts. Uh, he introduced me to um, a guy called uh, Patrick Doniger who. Um, uh, between him and, and the other partner Andy, they um, they had put together this little group called uh, Beerly Legal, um, and uh, yeah, the Jeffrey kind of was their brainchild, and and I showed up uh, right around the um, the middle of the planning stages, so to speak, um, and uh, yeah, we we spent. Um, I mean, I came on board at the project about six months before we opened, and. Um, yeah, it was fun building out the bar and, 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 and watching the progress and getting those doors open. It was an incredibly stressful ordeal, but it was very rewarding nonetheless, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, that's pretty much in a nutshell how we've gotten to this point. And, and I've, I've been there. We're approaching our seventh year at this point um, of, of operation. Um, yeah. And I've been there every day. It feels like every single day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually was in... in Dublin last year uh, in March. So my uh, my father's from Galway. So uh, I've got family over in Ireland as well. But um, I was able to check out the Porter House, and I know um, Galway Bay Brewing. They're they're coming up, and uh, it seems like Ireland is taking notice of craft beer and and really getting more and more into it. So do you see? I don't know how how ingrained you are um, with the breweries that are coming up in, in Ireland, but is it becoming more popular? Is it something that people are kind of on the lookout for more uh, over in Ireland? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm a little bit detached, you know, like I said, I've been here about uh, 15 years and I'm, 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 you know, keeping a close eye on what's going on, but I'm, I'm by no means immersed in it. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the, certainly in the city in Dublin where I'm from and probably Galway and Kilkenny and other kind of larger towns and smaller cities. Um, uh, it's expected that you would offer several craft beer options in addition to, you know, the, the regular lineup. Um, mm -hmm. And that was not the case up until 
only very recently. Um, yeah, the craft beer scene is definitely thriving. You know, there's you know a smattering of of, of uh, craft beer only bars in the city, um, which and they're all very well received. And yeah, it's 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 exciting, you know, to see them. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I think the palate's slightly different. They don't. Uh, oh, yeah. Not nearly as um, adventurous as, as the American market, you know, but um, hey, it's a start, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a friend, uh, she's from Galway as well, and, and she'll send me uh, messages all the time of what she's drinking and, and kind of what they have and what I know of and what I can steer her in what direction. But it's the I think people are getting more adventurous kind of over in Ireland and they're checking out new stuff. So it's exciting. It's exciting to watch craft beer kind of take over the world and and get in all facets of life. Yeah, and you know, I mean, like, to seeing these smaller breweries, you know, just like it is this side of the pond, I mean, seeing these guys putting their blood, sweat and tears and, and, and it's a passion, you know, I mean, there's very few of those guys are making a ton of money, you know, they're all yeah. in for the love of doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what craft beer is all about. It's about bringing people together and it's a passion. It's a love for it. And obviously we wouldn't be sitting down having a conversation with you right now if it wasn't for craft beer. So, uh, definitely cheers to that. Absolutely. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned, you know, obviously it's a, a craft beer podcast, right? So we're talking about all the, um, you know, great things that, that can come of it. Um, I was mentioning to you before we started recording that the Jeffrey is one of my favorite bars of all time. Uh, I used to live in New York. I was there probably twice a week. Um, still go every time, at least once when I go back. The I've even tried to tackle the Mug Club when that was a thing when I was there. Um, that was a huge fail. And I was not able to do that. But uh, obviously, a craft beer bar, an extensive menu, um, you know, what goes into curating a, a menu like that? I mean, what kind of obstacles do you see given, you know, a lot of breweries try to stay, you know, almost hyper local at this point and uh, kind of where, how do you tackle that? How do you handle that? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a, a number of different factors, you know, um, that go into curating the menu. Um, we have, I mean, up until recently, anyway, we had um, uh, uh, 30 lines dedicated to draft um, and then probably another 30 to 40 cans. Um, uh, with the draft selection, that was always, you know, what, what we're known for and, you know, the the, the, uh, the best stuff for us was always on tap, you know. Um, you can get beers from all over the world. You can't necessarily do that with cans, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, typically we would, I, w- I would start by checking off the styles uh, making sure, you know, that, you know, we want to make sure you got a good Pilsner, a good wheat beer, a good lager, you know, you want your triple on there, you want cider, you know. Um, and, you know, depending on the time of the year as well, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, be more darker, heavier stuff in the winter time, and then, you know, kind of lighter, more approachable stuff coming into springtime and whatnot. Um, I mean, by far and away, IPAs for us are the most popular. <laughs> no, no surprise there, I'm sure, you know. So yeah. they, uh, they typically take up about, you know, 25 to 30% of our tap space, and within that range, you know, we try to mix it up between locals, doubles or sessions or fruited or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. yeah, and then a lot of it has to do with trends as well, you know, I mean, like you know, you know, laggers are popular right now, you know, so, you know, stick on an extra couple, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> with good it, reason too, you know. Yeah, 
and IPAs, like you said, 20, 20 to 30% of your tap lines are dedicated to that. So I, I know hear a lot from breweries as well that that's what keeps the lights on. And I can only imagine it's the same thing with with bars as well because it's just so in demand. Yeah, and that, you know, that uh, you use 20, 30% for, for those and that, that gives you the uh, the freedom then to, you know, we, we get beers from literally from all over the world, you know, from, you know, New Zealand to Jordan to... Dublin, Ireland, to wherever the case may be, you know. So um, we, we would, uh, like you said, uh, yeah, the, the, when, when the, the IPAs pay the bills, you know, and then uh, yep. like our, 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 our toys, you know. <laughs> that's that's awesome, though, that you guys see beers stretching from all all of those places. That's, that's amazing. And like Johnny said, he's been there a lot. I have never been only been to new york about twice so it's definitely when me and johnny can make our way out there i'm gonna have johnny take me in and and show me um but i've, I've watched a couple of videos in in your space and and it's a gorgeous little space that you guys have there oh thank you yeah yeah i'd, I'd love to host you guys you know uh, hopefully sooner rather than later when, <laughs> yeah. when the city's open again you know yeah there's not enough cheese or pretzels in the world for me to come back. I mean, I think I have like three every time I'm there. <laughs> Probably shouldn't admit that with people listening, but yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> so so just, just yeah. Um, I just want to touch on something you said, right? So you know, twenty to thirty percent of the draft lines dedicated to IPs. How do you keep yourself from, um, you know, just saying, listen, this is what people want. This is what's going to make us money. I'm just going to just flood these tap lines with IPAs. How do you keep yourself grounded and in, in making sure that you're getting that variety and keeping that menu as, as good as it is? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. You know, um, I think, you know, with, with, with 30 lines, you know, you have the ability to maintain your integrity and also, you know, uh, you know, have enough for the, for the crowd pleasers, you know, but still have enough lines left over that, you know, um, I mean, the whole thing with us is that we're trying to appeal to a wide audience. You know, we, we want, we don't want to alienate, alienate people that aren't, you know, beer nerds, you know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, uh, we want to make it nerdy enough so that, you know, people come to us, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, probably not, not being uh, politically correct there, you know, um, no disrespect to the beer nerds. I, I'm one myself, you know. Um, but like I said, we're trying to appeal to a, a wide audience, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, the, 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 the formula has been tested and, and proven to have worked. So, I'm, yeah. I'm not planning to change it anytime soon, you know. Right. No, absolutely. Um, and that's what I think is tough, right? Is uh, especially in kind of the time we're in now, we're seeing that, uh, you know, money, the purse strings have to be tightened and, you know, stuff can hit at any point and um but to be able to kind of like you just said keep your integrity but also make sure you're i mean you're in a business right you got to be profitable so um i think that's uh honestly I, I think that's a feat because you go to breweries now a lot and it's just ipa after ipa after ipa after ipa and that's all they got which is great because they're all you know i love a good ipa and for the most part it's uh I think the recipes have been perfected in, in a lot of breweries. It, it's almost hard to find a bad IPA at this point. Um, I think it's kind of oversaturated, but to be able, like you said, to kind of keep that integrity and kind of keep, like you said, keep the beer nerds coming for all the good beer, keep your crowd pleasers on the line and still be able to keep the, the reputation that you guys have 
I would even say across the, you know, throughout the state and probably the country. I've talked to people from outside of New England, outside the greater tri-state area and uh, that are, are very familiar with the Jeffrey. So um, I just, I think it's, it's great and it's really interesting. Um, I guess one, <laughs> one of the questions I had that I kind of skipped over is like, why, like why craft beer? Do you remember your first craft beer or like what really got you into it? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, I like pretty much everything associated with it. Um, you know, I like, um, I, I, I suppose, first off, I, I, my, my first craft beer was, was back in Dublin, you know, um, and, and with that microbrewery, the Porterhouse. Um, and I remember, actually, uh, um, the owner of the company, he's, he's, he's since passed away, but very charismatic man, uh, um, and he was a real pioneer. <laughs> no pun intended, you know, but he was a real... Uh, pioneer in the, uh, in the in the in the craft beer kind of movement in, in the early days back in Ireland um, and uh, they owned a place in uh, Temple Bar which is right in the in the in the, in the city centre in Dublin um, and uh, they had a they called it their plain porter which was a was a nitro stout um, you know comparable to Guinness and he said uh, you know for our first training shift he said look you know um, take a there was 20 out of us you know it was a uh, about to open this place and he said uh, have a beer here have a, have a plain porter here and then all 20 of us went across the street and uh, had a, a plenty of Guinness you know and it was like someone flitch, flicked a, a switch in my head you know it was like I did not realise that beer was for more than just getting drunk off you know yeah. <laughs> or, or watching TV or whatever you know it was uh, it was it was amazing you know um, so that was literally my first time you know trying craft beer and, and kind of Realizing the difference in real time, it was uh, it was an eye opener. <laughs> yeah. See, Johnny, I'm not the only one that remembers what was that <laughs> that game changing beer. We talked about it last week, and he remembered like the the name of the beer, the brewery, and I was just like, um, I think mine was this. Like, it was good. I'm not sure, uh, but he was like, it was this beer. It was from this brewery. It was a West Coast IPA, first of all, which I still. I'm holding you to being just a fucking lunatic for thinking that that was delicious. <laughs> you thought it was good, which I, that was also insane. But um, no, I mean, the, these stories are cool though, right? Because, you know, kind of like Dan had said before, it's um, just kind of being able to, you know, it's a community, right? And remembering like how you got into this community and especially someone in your position who's probably built you know, hundreds of relationships because of it. Um, I just think it's a, it's a really cool thing to, to a cool memory to have because I don't yeah. remember it. Not that I'm, you know, running a beer bar or brewing beer or anything like that, but um, you know, I don't remember it. And it's cool to just kind of have that. I think, you know, I think, um, you know, to follow on from, you know, getting hooked on craft beer and, and, and that led me to just really embrace everything else that came along with it. You know, um, I love the fact that, uh, you know, I can call up and speak directly to a brewer, you know, um, I can ask them what's, you know, what, what, what hops are you using for a specific beer or, you know, like yeah. even from a, from a buyer standpoint, you know, a lot of the beers that are just released, you know, you're not going to find any information or any specs on, you know, untapped or any of those websites, you know, so having that small business relationship, um, you know, where you can reach out directly to these people and even, you know, go see how the product is made, you know, they, most, I'm sure you guys are the same, most, uh, you know, smaller breweries welcome people with open arms, mm -hmm. uh, want to come in and learn, you know, and that's, you know, that's very endearing to me, and, and, and it's just something you don't get with the larger breweries, so. Yeah. And, uh, 
yeah, just another reason why I love it, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was also what you said, um, where uh, you had the Guinness right after and, and beer wasn't just about getting drunk or watching TV and things like that. I think craft beer has brought back, um, obviously, uh, Ireland's a little bit different. Like the pub culture is a lot different than our bar, bar culture here. Um, people go out for pints after work every day just to be around people in Ireland. But um, I, I really think that craft beer has brought back that sense of community and, and brought back that more personal relationship with each other um, from the beer gardens uh, in Europe, the pubs in Europe to to now where we're looking at more tap rooms and and people sitting shoulder to shoulder. Um, I remember a couple of years ago we were at Jack's Abbey in, in Framingham, Mass., and in their tap room, they have these long, great tables um, with uh, just bench seating. And you're sitting next to someone that you have no idea who they are, shoulder to shoulder. And we were having our own conversation. They were like, sorry to barge in, but yada, yada, yada. And then you just start having a, a chat with them and you and you become friends through that. And again, it, it's the craft beer that's bringing everyone back to that center. So it's it, it's nice. Yeah. Does working for a place like the Jeffrey now be don't be modest when you answer this question. Does working for a place like the Jeffrey you call a brewery, does that have any weight? You throw that weight around? You getting some good stuff that we're not, or what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a close to the best, Johnny. That's a trade secret right there. I'm not gonna lie, you know, from time to time we've we've uh, you know, maybe uh, managed to uh, Convince some uh, some some brewers to uh, tack on an extra keg that's headed towards New York. Or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is it is nice for sure. I mean, we, yeah. we worked hard to build a reputation, but it is yeah. nice that you know people are, you know, I suppose from uh, from a brewer's perspective, you know, we're 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 a name you can trust. You know, they know exactly. They, they're going to send beer to us. We're going to, you know, we're going to do right by them. We're going to, you know price it fairly we're gonna you know make sure that it's served in optimal condition and you know so you know i think our, our reputation is 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 good i think it's deserved but it's, it's good and, and yeah. with that in mind you know it's a little bit easier to uh twist someone's arm to do us a favor if we need it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i don't do very often whatsoever <laughs> hey, sometimes sometimes it's got to be done one, one thing i'm thinking too is you know obviously new york state has a lot of really good breweries but i've even noticed that the landscape of just new york city right the five boroughs you've got you know so many good breweries popping up i'm thinking you know um finback i'm thinking interborough i love a lot of stuff that interborough is doing how does the changing landscape of like the new york city brewing scene change you know kind of what you do if at all yeah it, it does it does definitely be uh um, we have to adjust our, I suppose, our buying strategy, you know, um, particularly in this, you know, COVID-19 era, you know, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, the reality is there's just a lot more quality beer on our doorstep than there used to be. Um, I was, I was, um, actually came across an old menu from, from, uh, six years ago. Um, uh, just when I was going through some old photos on my phone and, and, and right now we put a little, I heart New York logo next to any of the local beers. Um, and they're, you know, it's harder to pick out the non-local beers right now on our menu than than it is to find a local one. Uh, you know, six years ago, you know, we might have three or four beers that were brewed in the city, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, 
we, we, we do try and support local business just like we, we, we preach ourselves, you know, and um, the quality is definitely there for sure. Yeah. Um, do you find, uh, sorry to interrupt, but do you find that your uh, customer base is more knowledgeable with the rise in breweries in the city and the city limits? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I think so, yeah. I mean, we have a pretty uh, discerning customer base anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, you know, for the for the real beer aficionados that come in, you know, they they want to see stuff that are that that you can't get in New York City, you know. Yeah. You know, so it's a bit of a catch twenty two. Um, yep. Again, that that balance of keeping people happy and you know, um, walking a tight line. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I know you're uh, you're drinking another half right now. Do you have a favorite New York City brewery at the moment? Um. Yeah. Again, there's so many of them. It, it, it does come my mood. But uh, you mentioned Finback, and I, I, I think they're probably my favorite. To be honest, yeah. Um, I feel like they do every style really, really well. Yeah. yeah. They're fun. You know, the guys, great, great bunch of guys that work with them, and um, yeah. I, I just, I'm never disappointed when I drink a beer from them. You know. Right. Certain others can be hit or miss or excel in some styles and whatnot, but yeah, yeah, Finback's my favorite for sure. Dan, have you are you familiar with Finback? You had a couple? Yeah, yeah. I've had um I'm trying to think of what it was called. At Armsby Abbey, it was a hazelnut um stout uh, a couple years ago. Or it wasn't a couple years. Yeah, actually it might have been a couple years ago. It was like a 2018 um edition that they had. I forget what the exact name was. I just had their knife party sour IPA um that they released. I think it was like a 10% beer uh racked with raspberries, I think. So I've had a couple of of Finbacks. Not as much as I would like but we have a really great um bottle shop uh down in boston called fort point market and they have a ton of stuff from from finback and it's it's very very good stuff i i tend to agree with you that they do styles and when they do those styles they do them very very well yeah yeah it's a, i think it's great when you see a brewery that can be you know have a whole range you know and do it all mm-hmm. pretty well it's not always the case you know Absolutely agree. Well, Comb, uh, I'm sure, obviously, this is something you're dealing with all the time, so I don't want to bog you down with it having to have you talk about it again and again. But obviously, you're in New York City. It's the hotbed of uh, of the COVID pandemic. Obviously, you're on the, on the downturn, which is great. Um, but um, how is that affecting Jeffrey? Um. It's having quite an effect. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we've we've had to, uh, like everybody else, I mean, we're on the same boat. Um, we've had to pivot, you know, from, you know, really this should be our peak season, you know. Um, we have a beer garden at the back and, and uh, you know, we should be uh, cramming people in at this point. But um, yeah. instead we've had to pivot to offer uh, takeout and delivery only. Um, and, um, yeah, it does... It, there's there's a lot of stuff uh, that we've had to kind of adjust to, and thankfully the city are, are relaxing their laws regarding alcohol to take out, and you know we we, we can serve people um, beers to go, and you know a lot of people are kind of being civilized and, and, and sipping on a drink when they're walking down the street, and you know the 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 the, the, the cops don't don't take issue with it, you know, um, so that's very helpful from our perspective um mm-hmm. as far as uh, product goes you know we're, we're probably um 
focusing on more the local breweries these days than than we were before. Um, you know, both in an effort, uh, it's it's uh, it's fresh and it's it's easily attainable, and also you know feel like we're helping our fellow local businesses too. You know, um, yeah, we've you know really adapted. I think we've we've done quite well. I think in 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 terms of uh, adapting our entire model. Um, because I mean, you've been there before. It's it's a place where people know that, you know, it's it's communal seating. It's it's mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, you know when you're going to go in there that you're probably sitting about, you know, eighteen inches away from someone next to you. You know, yeah. if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's been a real a real shift, you know. But you know, we're 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 grateful for uh, you know a really incredible loyal customer base that we have. Um, because again, as you know, we're, we're on a kind of a side street where we're off the beaten path, so to speak. Yep. So, um, you know, it's not some of those bars that are up and down the avenues they're they're, they're visible, you know, and, um, for us, it's not so much. So we really rely on, 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 on our regulars and word of mouth and stuff, you know, um, right. but yeah, I mean, we're, we're basically selling food and drinks out the door. <laughs> yeah. Just like everyone else, you know? Right. Right. Obviously. And, um, well, actually, before I get to that, um, one thing Dan and I talked about last week was just kind of like you just mentioned that cities and states are relaxing laws about to go beer and drinks and things like that. Uh, I see on Instagram you guys are are still slinging drinks left and right. Um, do you think that's something that can be um, kind of that that can be utilized after the pandemic? And if so, or even if not, uh, if so, do you think it will be? Like, do you think that's a viable option for the city? Honestly, I do. I mean, um, you know, I think New Yorkers and, and, and people in other cities and um, all over the country, I mean, uh, credit where credit's due. I mean, for people that have been on lockdown for weeks at a time, you know, um, to be able to go out and enjoy responsibly a drink or two and, and, and walk around and sit in a park or something and, you know, responsibly socially distance. Um, it's quite impressive, actually, to me. <laughs> Maybe I didn't yeah. have enough faith in the <laughs> in society, you know. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm impressed with how people have, you know, kind of uh, adapted to the new norm. And, and quite frankly, I I think until you know they have a, a cure or 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 a, or a vaccine or whatever, I think uh, these temporary measures should, should stay in place. Um, right now, they're talking about pedestrianizing some streets on the weekends, you know, sort mm. of exercise and whatnot. And, and, you know, I don't, I really don't see the problem with enjoying a drink, you know, um, as long as you do it responsibly. Right. Um, Which is the case anyway, right? Like you're right. given a drink with under the premise that you're going to be responsible with it. So why does it right. matter if I'm under your roof or if I'm walking down, you know, right. fifth Ave, right? It's just, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. But you know, one part of it's, you know, walking around with a container of beer and stuff, but, um, you know, the other part is uh, they've, they've relaxed the regulations on delivering alcohol, for example, you know, mm-hmm. through uh, third-party apps and stuff. That's, that's been really helpful for us that people can, you know, order a few cans or whatever with their food, you know, if they want to have, uh, you know, a couple of beers with their dinner or something, you know. Right. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully they, 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 they think logically and, and realize that this is good for the city. Right. It, it's right. funny because we said exactly that. It's it's if you just put in just a dash of logic and just logical thinking that some of these regulations could really work after this. It, it There's no reason. And like you said, why you can't if you're getting delivery of food 
why can't you just order a beer that comes along with it? it to me, it, it makes sense, and it just helps our small businesses thrive, like you guys. Right, thrive and survive, really. You know Ex- exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah. because I would assume just from most of my knowledge of of the way bar operations work is from bar rescue, but with <laughs> with having food. It, it, it entices exactly people. The way it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. As someone who worked behind a bar for almost seven years, I was thinking the same exact thing. That's your knowledge I, is you have a, a PhD in bars and restaurants. <laughs> I, I just, I just think that if you are, um, if you're having food, you're more enticed to drink beer or have beer. And then obviously like the alcohol and alcohol sales are, are what's going to help you more so than, um, than the food sales so uh why why not help businesses out that way so yeah. i mean you can do it anyway i mean if you really want you can order your food and then you can go to the beer store and buy beer mm-hmm. i mean all we're doing is making it easier for people absolutely and you're giving them access to better stuff or or more right. sought after stuff yeah and we're keeping people in the job at the same time you know yeah speaking of jobs um how is your staff uh handling everything that's going on and, and kind of had you had to uh you know make adjustments to the size of your staff have you laid people off how's how's that shaken out yeah yeah we we all of the above <laughs> um you know um we, we did have a uh like i said we're, we're coming into our busy season you know when this kind of kicked off you know um so we had a few uh seasonal members of staff that we would that we we would bring on uh to to you know, so we're going to operate our, our beer garden in a nicer weather. But um, I think right before this happened, we had about uh, 23 employees. Um, and we've managed to bring back 10 so far, um, which I think is, you know, it's it's pretty good, you know. Um, uh, we obviously, uh, some people were um, laid off um, with the understanding that, you know, once we ramp up and we're busy enough that, that they'll be brought back. Um, uh, we're not making anyone reapply for their jobs or any of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. It's just, you know, as soon as we can, we will, you know. Yeah. Um, that being said, the staff that are back right now, they're really doing an incredible job under, under difficult circumstances. Um, I mean, we've, we've, we were shut down, uh, I think it was March 16th. Um, and, you know, I mean, the, 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 the healthcare workers um, deservedly get, you know, a lot of uh, credit and, UPS delivery guys, you know, all those kind of people that are, uh, you know, getting out there. But I think uh, not enough credit is is thrown towards people that are, you know, taking the subway or the bus or whatever it is to go to work, knowing full well that, you know, um, they could probably sit at home and, and, and collect a, you know, decent unemployment check, you know, yeah, they, yeah. They used to uh, come to work. So it's it's been a very humbling experience for me. And, and um, you know, I'm very proud of the the team that we have right now they're they're doing an incredible job yeah i think i think you're absolutely right that uh, the essential workers uh like my girlfriend's a nurse johnny your girlfriend's a nurse um th- they get a lot of credit and they've been getting a lot of praise but there is the the restaurant workers and and the the supermarket workers that they're doing a lot and they're risking a lot to just go to work day to day um and every time i see like um the all together beers from different breweries. I try and purchase those or, or beers that are going to help um, service staff because again, they need just as much help or, or just as much praise as everyone else because they are really, they're putting themselves on the line to be able to, 
make a living and and really help people through this circumstance. I could tell you if I didn't have beer, it would be a lot worse of a time. <laughs> it would be a lot tougher. Um, so, Colm, uh, one final thing about the Jeffrey. Uh, I've noticed that you guys are doing a lot. You're donating uh, a lot of meals to frontline workers, it looks like, and uh, you know other people that, that might be in need. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, as, as, as much of an essential business as we are, uh, you know, we are getting craft beer to... Uh, you know, people in our neighborhood is, is great and stuff, but uh, really I think uh, we have, if we're going to stay open, I think we have a kind of a moral obligation to, uh, you know, pitch in and help out the community as well as, you know, to serve the, the members, you know. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we have a number of different initiatives at the moment. Um, we, we, we've teamed up with um, uh, an organization from uh, Wild Cornell, um, and they you know, order through us to uh, provide meals to their hospital workers and, um, you know, several of their clinics and whatnot. Um, you know, basically we, 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 we uh, prepare the food for them at, at, at cost price. Um, so it's mutually beneficial, really, you know, it, it helps us, you know, keep a couple of guys in our kitchen when they would otherwise wouldn't have to work. And, and um, obviously the uh, amazing healthcare workers that, you know, they don't have to worry about cooking or anything when they, uh, when they, when they finish, you know. Right. Um, and then the other initiative we have is um, with a charity organization here in Queens called uh, Queens Together. Um, and, you know, in, in, in Queens is very hard hit and there's there's a lot of families out there that, you know, are, are suffering. Uh, you know, I don't know if you see on the news that the lines for food pantries and, you know, um, shelters and stuff there, you know, it's uh, incredibly sad to see how hard some of these people are hit. So. Uh, we teamed up with Queens Together. We we basically uh, feed them um, uh, 50 families a week. Um, uh, we make the food in the morning time, and then uh, we coordinate with their volunteers. They come and uh, and pick up the food and distribute it to, you know, families in need or you know, um, you know, it depends or homeless shelter, individual families, or you know, um, halfway houses or assisted living, whatever the case may be. You know, whoever needs it, basically. Um, now that one is um, <clears throat> we we did set up a GoFundMe page, so um, people thankfully are, are again incredible regulars. Um, we got a lot of donations from them that enabled us to buy the ingredients and you know get a couple of guys in to make that food. And so it's um, again it's it's mutually beneficial, but it's you know like I said, I I do feel we have a an obligation you know to help out our community and not just deliver beers and stuff that people that can afford it, you know? Yeah. That, that's fantastic. If you want to shoot over uh, in an email, the GoFundMe, we'll definitely throw it in our um, our our show uh, description. So people can go and check that out and we'll definitely put it on our Instagram page because I think what you guys are doing are fantastic. And again, it's, I think, one of those pillars of, of craft beers, the community and, and helping out the people that that would typically give your give you guys the business and and just being a an asset to the community as a whole. So it sounds like you guys are doing some fantastic yeah, things. When, when all this is over, you know, and, and, and life goes back to normal, uh, you know, we want to be known for more than just bar that stayed open throughout. You know, yeah, and, you know that's important to all of us. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I want to echo that before I move on. I just think that. Um... 
you know, anytime, kind of like you said, you know, anytime that a, a business in, in this country can uh, help out the community, you know, the greater good, all of that stuff, I think it's uh, it's a huge deal. And I think that we don't necessarily, um, you know, and obviously it's tougher for, for a smaller business to do that. And, um, you know, you see these larger companies, you know, donating millions of dollars and that's all well and good. You have millions of dollars, but it's when the smaller businesses who are, uh, you know, frankly struggling, especially in a time right now to be able to do something like that. I think it's, um, it definitely should not go unnoticed and, and hopefully you get to reap those benefits on the back end and, you know, with those, the, the things like that. So, um, but with that, I want to pivot off of the Jeffrey for my last question. Uh, I asked this to everyone in any sort of, um, any, any sort of role in the craft beer world. Uh, this is a fantastic question that I like to ask. I, I am always intrigued to hear the answer. Um, it's always this micro versus macro thing uh, with, with the beer nerds, kind of how we've been talking about it. And, you know, it's like Bud Light is a curse word or Miller Light is a curse word. Uh, it's a two-part question. How do you feel? Do you enjoy Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, things like that? And as a larger community, why do you think people constantly shit on those kinds of beers? Um. The first part of the question is no, I don't enjoy it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm of the mindset where any port in a storm, you know. So uh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a sports fan, or I like to go to concerts and whatnot, you know. So, you know, if I'm at a venue where you know it's either that or nothing, I'll take that, you know. <laughs> but you know, don't, don't. You know, I, I know, I know. There's people out there, you know, in, in, in. in that just don't want to think about craft beer. That just you know want to have a beer in the shot after work. I'm, I'm I'm not one of those people. I'm not I'm not jaded yet, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think you know, as as an immigrant, I, I appreciate the fact that you know those bigger brands, you know, the Budweiser and Coors Light and stuff. I think that's kind of you know sewn into the American culture um, somewhat, you know. So you know, I don't I don't I don't necessarily want to shit on the the people that enjoy it you know um but i do think uh you know uh, some of the predatory practices that, that these larger breweries you know engage in i think is 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 shameful you know and you know i i, I can't bring myself to willingly support them really you know um do you want to expand on that um i mean <laughs> yeah. anyone in trouble i guess you know um <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, we all know it exists, you know what I mean, that these, these guys come in, they buy lines, you know, they buy draft lines in, in bars, you know, um, uh, they, they have a, a, what seems like a, you know, infinite budget, you know, that they can throw money or whatever, and, you know, they, they I don't know, in, in the in the, uh, in the bar business here anyway, you know, there's, there's multiple ways for them to funnel their marketing dollars back to uh, the bars, you know, um, I consider that to be predatory, you know, um, the same way uh, I know people will willingly, you know, put their, their lines on draft, but I, I also think it's, uh, they wouldn't if they didn't feel they had to. Um, and, and it's an uneven playing field, you know, because what they're doing is not legal. Um, and, um, but they're still using their money to push other smaller businesses around. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's other examples that, you know, I know I have specific examples from from <laughs> peers in the industry that I won't even go into, you know. But um, yeah. I, I think uh, 
supporting smaller beer, smaller breweries. Um, you know, like we said earlier on, between the relationships that you build and 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 the quality and you know that 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 just everything that goes along with it. And I think hopefully those macro uh, breweries are going to continue their downward trend and you know yep. be obsolete in the near future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> I should I should say I. Uh, I... <laughs> Just to be clear, I, I do enjoy a good Bud Light from time to time, <laughs> and that's fine. But, but that's uh, having Bud Light either, so we should throw right, that. Correct. Out. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll cut that out. That's not going to go back. But um, I'm glad that you brought that up because, again, uh, as I said before, I, I have a you know a handful of years experience in, in bar and restaurant industry here in Boston, and uh, you know it's honestly it, that happens here too you get the kickbacks you get the you know people coming and buying lines and things like that so um yeah no that's um that's just it's it is predatory and like you said it's it's an unfair or unlevel playing field and uh um you know it's tough i wouldn't be i would be lying if i said i don't go to a bar and, and order a bud light i do but uh i wish i had the willpower to not sometimes so <laughs> yeah um, get up on my soapbox all I want, you know, but in the end of the day, uh, you know, there's no judgment on, on people that do enjoy it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a beer one way or another. So if that's what's available, then I'm going to drink it, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, Colm, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, the Jeffrey, New York city, three eleven East 60th street. Check them out. Uh, the Jeffrey NYC on Instagram. Uh, again, great things you're doing over there with just the overall beer menu, the food menu, and then obviously those, uh, you know, more philanthropic endeavors you talked about. Um, I appreciate you taking the time for coming on here and, uh, you know, I hope everything stays well and and we get out of this here soon. Absolutely. I I look forward to, uh, welcoming you guys to the bar and having, having a couple of beers with you when when, when the time comes, you know? Absolutely. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, the first day that the Jeffrey is open, I guarantee you I'll be there. (laughs) Hey, this was a blast. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. Yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully we can have you on uh, some other time once we, we get all this COVID. Maybe we can, uh, we'll get it in person so we can definitely have have a crack at a c- couple of those beers. That'd be great. I mean, the way things are changing now, uh, the, the landscape seems to change on a, on a, on a weekly basis. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. No problem. All right. Anytime, Colm. Thanks. And there you have it, episode two of the Craft Beer Hustlers podcast. Again, Johnny and I want to thank Colm for joining us to record this interview. It was so much fun to be able to hang out, talk beer, talk to Jeffrey with Colm. And if you are in the New York City area, please go and support these guys because they are doing some phenomenal work. They're doing an awesome job during all of this. And if you want to go support them via the GoFundMe, we will put that link in the show notes as well on our social media. But again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't yet, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast and please rate comment and subscribe because that helps us out so much to get eyes on our podcast and we can continue to have great guests like colin so with that being said thank you for tuning in and our next episode is actually dropping on may 27th for a little surprise episode with a couple of good friends of mine so be on the lookout for more information on that see you guys later